Hello and welcome to episode 28 of RangerPod, setting the great Satan on the Morphin Grid one episode at a time. I'm PDT, I'm sometimes an expert in Power Rangers, and joining me is Grax. Hi there, how's it going everybody? Grax is obviously a little shaved monkey that I found and just sort of tried to rehabilitate and made him watch Power Rangers. Yep, it's this very slow and tedious process, but little by little I'm learning something. Well, today we're off to the Island of Illusion. Are you ready for a holiday, Grax? Oh, oh, of course I am. I've been doing this for 28 plus weeks. I think I'm due for a holiday. It feels like 28 plus years, doesn't it? Let's be honest. (laughs) Especially after a couple of episodes ago where I let you have the synopsis to yourself. Oh yeah, that that was some good times. I really appreciated the fact, because I think as we record this, that was last week's episode. And I really like the fact that one of the people who had said, Pete, please stop interrupting Grax, please stop limiting the synopsis, tweeted us to say, actually, guys... um, it's probably better if you do interrupt. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, And frankly, I do agree with them because ultimately there's a balance because it can't be one-sided or it can't be all one other side. Exactly. And also you're really boring. So, hey, you know, thanks Michael for that. So with that morale booster in mind, (sighs) I'm just trying to make you feel like Zach in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. The greatest hero of our time. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, with all that in mind, we're going to look at, Island of Illusion. I know we said we were going to do this as one episode. Yes. But then we actually watched it and it turns out there's loads to say. Yeah, there's, so, there's too much to fit into just one episode of Ranger Pod. There is. So you're getting two whole episodes on a clip show. So yes. <laughs> today we're looking at Island of Illusion part one. And Grax, I'm going to interrupt you whenever I see fit. Okay. Uh. Tell us what happened, buddy. Okay, so we begin this episode with Zack practicing his hip-hop dancing for the local dance contest. But one little mistake that Zack does makes him doubt his dancing abilities. And in the side project, there's Tommy training some kids in some martial arts. Bulk and Zack have a dance-off, with Zack predictably beating Bulk. But despite this, Zack is still not... predictable because it happened before. That's right, and will continue to happen. But unfortunately, Zack is still not confident that he'll win the dance contest. I'm confident because I've seen episode two and he wins. (laughs) Meanwhile, on the moon, Rita declares that enough is too much and it's time to summon the big guns enough is too much that's right enough's too much that famous phrase she begins the long process of summoning these two monsters these monsters monsters Lo- oh this is a mess five seconds oh sh- low car the head and new ta- new <laughs> and titus done. Oh, right. oh. All right. No, go on, carry on. Okay, uh, where was I? Summoning Lokar the Head and Mutitus, the doom-looking monster-looking monster. He's a really cool-looking monster. So this causes an intense storm and earthquakes to occur around Angel Grove. And the heroes, they decide to go out to find Zack, who wandered off, and Tommy stays behind to protect but the luckily, children. luckily, it's a bright, sunny day outside. Yes, because when they go outside, the four heroes find Zack, who is still sulking about the dance contest. Con- dance contest. Sorry, listeners. Grax used to know how to speak, but he's so overcome with a lack of confidence this oh, week that he's... Oh, I mean, it's like, oh, this is terrible. Oh, it's fine. I'm going to keep pushing through, I believe, because I believe the putties, they appear. And the heroes, they fight the putties for a couple of minutes, which is impressive. And then, oh no, it's Goldar and Scorpina. They appear to fight in. And it's morphing time at six minutes and 15 seconds, which is actually pretty soon. So everybody's fighting at a very nicely well-lit park with nicely trimmed shrubs and bushes that look like animals <laughs> but oh no Rita has completed her summoning spells and Mutitus appears and he starts stomping around and getting ready to squish the rangers and so the rangers they summon the dinosaur and they summon them and they become the megazord and the two titans they begin fighting around the city and it's an amazing like a clash 
some kind of clash of the of the the Titans are clashing. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yes, exactly. And it's an amazing the Titans tent. will clash. I don't know. <laughs> Someone should make a movie out of that. It's got a catchy title, hasn't it? Yeah. Titans clashing. So I was an amazing 10 second fighter. Then suddenly, Lokar, the gigantic Japanese head, which. Titan spike- AE, do you remember that? Oh, I've no of it, but I anyway, this is not important to the story because the giant headed Lokar appears and he calls. It's important the, to my story. Oh, the sky turns black. He gives Mutitis a buff, changes its form, and it is absolutely destroying the Megazord with multicolored lightning. But wait, the Mutitis, gre- that sounds like a disease, doesn't it? The Green Ranger and the Dragon Sword appear to help the heroes. It's 2v1, but Mutitis. No, they is- do help the heroes. Ah. They don't appear to help the heroes, they do help the heroes. They appear to help the heroes. There you go. Thank you for... They appear and help the heroes. That's what I would have gone with if I was writing this. Despite it being two versus one, Mutitus is still too strong. And then Mutitus spews up toxic foam to the Megazord. Mutitus, you Titus. <laughs> uh, it freezes the Megazords and the heroes are sent to this horrible island in another dimension. Demor- oh, that's quite nice, actually. I, I know. <laughs> palm trees, it's sunny. Well, the Zordon says it's a horrible dimension in the, in the synopsis. But anyway, demorphed and without their risk communicators and power coins, the six heroes face their most ultimate challenge yet. Um... So they wander around this Dwarfism. place. Dwarfism. <laughs> no, it's a halfling. It's a halfling called Quagmire who appears. I, talks... I don't. I don't think halfling is a term that we're allowed to use. I was kind of wondering about this. I mean, I didn't want to say he's a dwarf because that's a bit. Little people is that allowed? Um, well, I think the actor is a dwarf, isn't he? Um, he has dwarfism. Anyway, we're going to check after the, after the synopsis. We're saying so close to the end. Then all the monsters appear for the past 27 episodes to fight the heroes, and then they disappear. Well, the five monsters they've got costumes for. <laughs> and then Goldar declares that the heroes, they're on an island of illusion. Then Zack sta- <gasps> yes. starts losing confidence. He sees a giant python, which nobody else can see. Zack starts freaking out like a huge coward, and he starts... Not that python... <laughs> Wrong Python! <laughs> so anyway, Zack starts freaking out like a coward and he starts fading away and ends on a cliffhanger. The end. Ooh. No, not the end. To be continued. Oh, to be continued. You're right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I could... Well, Grax, that was a mess as usual, but thank you very much. Oh, oh, so, oh, Island oh. of Illusion, part one, oh. which first aired in November of 1993. Mm. Second of November. Wow. I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I was going to. Me too. When you were talking about it before on Twitter and such, I was expecting a terrible, boring episode with full of clips. But it's not. There are no clips of previous episodes, and it's action-packed, and the monsters are cool, and I really like this. Yeah, well, there's no clips at all in part one, which was surprising me. I'd forgotten just how much action and things there were. Because, yeah, in my memory, I've always written this off as, oh, that's the clip show two-parter. And actually, there's a lot more to it than that. This episode has no right in being as good as it is, I think, but it's great. How do you mean it has no right? I mean, they made it and it is good. I don't know. I mean, let's just talk about the idea. Let's talk about the premise, the dance contest. I think that that's kind of lame as a thing to... Um, it's not that it's lame. It's that, as I said, it's been done before. They could have come up with something a bit better. And we're going back to the problem of Zack being the arrogant guy who's actually quite insecure i like that as a character flaw though but as i say i mean the whole thing with him and bulk with bulk being better than one of them that was done with jason in the weight in the bench press one yeah that's true and zach out like persuading bulk to dance in ways that knock him over i'm pretty sure that exact thing has happened before 
he didn't split his trousers this time. No, but, but he, he did stumble over and topple over a bunch of uh, uh, foam pillars in a comedic yeah, fashion. Those pillars were clearly the other, like the minute you see him, you're like, oh, someone's going to fall into those. Yep, I wonder it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and and of course the whole idea of um, the earthquake and the storm having no real consequence on Angel Grove, that occurs again. Okay, let's talk about the storm, because it really seems like it's going to screw the juice bar up. You know, it's a massive storm. Yeah. Ernie's just... I, I, I think, to be fair to them, you know, they do have Ernie saying, I hate when this happens. <laughs> Which is kind of a nod in its self-awareness, saying this occurs almost on a weekly basis. And that's fine. Yeah. What frustrates me is, A, the fact that when they go outside... <laughs> it's br- it, it is broad daylight. It's sunny. <laughs> they come and find Zach in the park. It's a nice day. It's like you're not you're not even trying. I know you could have put a filter on the camera or something, or or I don't know, film it during a gloomy day in wherever they're filming it. But no, and it's like they were, they find Zach. Oh, Zach! There's like a huge storming. There's a huge summoning coming about. What really? I don't know. It's a bright sunny day. I'm too busy thinking yeah. about the dance contest. Yeah, I mean, because the thing is, it's such a big summoning that it clearly wouldn't have been localised to the juice bar this time. I mean, th- th- there was, I'm sure there were sh- shots of the city rumbling as well. Multicoloured lightning. Are, yeah, so, yeah you're, I agree with that. They sh- they should have made the storm a bigger impact. Um, and even the thing is, like when, later on, when they all dig, get, when the range is all morphed up and they're fighting all the putties and Golda and Scorpina, it's still a bright, sunny day. Yeah, I mean, I guess by that point, maybe the summoning has passed. Like, she's done the summoning. But in the episode of Power Rangers, she starts at the beginning of the episode of the summoning, and then it takes 10, 15 minutes of show airtime for her to complete the summoning, which is a big spell. It's probably the longest spell she's ever cast. Well, it's an even bigger spell in G-Ranger, but we'll get there shortly. Ooh. What annoys me most about the storm is the fact that Tommy arbitrarily stays behind. Yeah. Everybody is evacuating the juice bar. Because as you would. And then Tommy sees these two boys sitting under the table. And instead of going, hey guys, come on, we need to get out of here now. He's like, I'm, I'm just going to stay here in the building that might collapse with these guys. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Tommy is being a responsible adult. He's doing the honourable thing of protecting the children. But well, he didn't he's being ha- a responsible adult until he decides to palm them off on Ernie. <laughs> That's the thing. That's a- yeah, I'm bored now. Everything seems to be calm and cool and collective. Let's just... Pass it on to the most responsible adult in the room, Ernie. It's not like he doesn't know that his friends are in danger, that this is Rita attacking in some way. But he just decides to hang out while the two boys play arcade games. Yeah, it was probably Mortal Kombat 2 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the question is, what would you do? What would you do in the si- in Tommy's situation? Would you go with the heroes to see if... Yes. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> It's a no-brainer. I'm yeah. part of a team that's meant to save the world. I'm arguably... Well, not even arguably. I am the most powerful member of the team. I probably wouldn't stay behind and babysit when I could leave Ernie to do it. Yep, you're absolutely right. I would do the exact same thing. And they absolutely should have evacuated anyway. I mean, by that point, there was clearly no danger for those boys. Yeah. It's not the worst plot device they've used for excluding Tommy from the episode, but it's still not strong. It's still not strong. To be honest, I think it actually may be the worst. Wow, really? Because it's completely unnecessary. Hmm. The other ones, you could kind of see how they would reach that. Whereas this time, it's like there's no reason for Tommy to stay there. Not only should they have evacuated the juice bar, but... They didn't, and then Ernie was there anyway the whole time. Really poor. 
I don't agree with it being pointless, but it's super weak. They should have thought of something better. It doesn't matter because he managed to get back with the rest of the heroes. Yeah, but not before a putty fight, though. No, not before the putty fight. He would have loved and, that. And, oh, I mean, our favourite character, Billy. Yeah. His entire contribution to the putty fight is taking his jumper off from round his waist. <sighs> You're right. That was his... I was... kept looking. There was not another shot of Billy in that fight. <laughs> Oh, that that was such a tease. Because he was like, oh my goodness, has Billy grown some cojones? Is he going to get into a fight? No. No, no. I mean, don't get it's me wrong. It's just a bit warm. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was a hot, sunny day. Yeah. After, well, exactly. the, after the storm. Oh, dear. Now, don't get me yeah. wrong. The fight scene with the putties was really good. I think it was some of the best fighting that I've seen. One of the best fightings I've seen for a while. There was lots of movement. There was lots of kite kicks. Trini does the splits. Um, and punches a putty. Kimberly does a jumping split kick on two putties. It's really good fighting. They just didn't do anything with Billy. Again, I'll take your word for that. I never really pay that much attention to the mechanics of the fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Billy, mate. Get Uncle Howard on the team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Uncle Howard would already have had his jumper off and ready to go. Hey, man, Uncle Howard would have done some Naruto uh, ninjutsu cloning technique and just duplicated himself and take it out each putty one by one. Well, we're not getting Naruto involved. Ah. Uh, no, that's a cartoon. Yeah, all right. Because a, this a is... silly Japanese cartoon. That's right. And when would we ever watch something Japanese? Mm, when indeed. Oh, hang on. I watched I watched an episode of Kyori Sentaiju Ranger. Did you now? I did. That's Japanese. Shall I tell you about oh, it? Oh, please do. What happened in this Japanese TV show that you watched? Okay, well, this was episode 31, I think, or 32. Either way, it was following on from a couple of weeks ago with the Dora Franken episode. Oh, this is such a fantastic segue, PDT. I have to say, you linked it well. Thank you. I mean, if only you hadn't then stopped us to point that out, we would have got away with that. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Now you've got to keep this in. Oh, no. I can't cut this out now. No, no, you, um, yeah, you've ruined it, Grax. So let's. I'm sorry. So that was you, Ranger. Um, oh no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, do you want to know about you, Ranger, or not? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. So we're following on from the Dora Franken episode, and Dora Franken is gone. If you remember, he was turned into the Mutitis monster, or or Zombie Franken, as it's called. Wait, that skull-headed uh, creature is Zombie Franken. Mutitus, yeah, that's Zombie Franken. Ah. At the end of that episode, there was a totem which appeared with some ancient writing on it. So the Zoo Rangers start the episode by... Because I guess Zombie Franken has gone up back to the moon for a bit, because that's what happens. The Zoo Rangers inspect the totem and they like try to destroy it, so they actually call on Daiju Jin immediately. Mm-hmm. They don't even bother to like fire blasters in or anything. They're like, okay, let's get Daiju Jin. But Daiju Jin gets shocked any time it goes near because there's this face on the totem pole. And it just blasts them from its eyes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then we go to the moon where Bandora has been chanting for two days solid. Two days? Yep. She hasn't eaten or drunk anything. She's just been chanting, doing this spell. That's when Squat goes over to her and he's like, please, it's not working. Like, drink something. And she's like, no, go away. The zoo rangers need to be crushed. And she reveals that she may actually die if this spell goes wrong. That's incredible. That's much more interesting than what happened to Power Rangers. Well, it's a bit more interesting. But yeah, she's casting the ultimate black magic spell. 
to summon the great Satan. The great Satan? The great Satan, yeah. To bring him back from hell. Oh, that is <laughs> metal as hell. So anyway, part of what goes on is that Lammy, Scorpina, and some putties in like cloaks and hoods, they go around sticking these like skull cards to houses. Mm-hmm. And that's how Bandora like, sucks them in. Because Bandora like, appears in the kids' mirrors and things. And yeah, sucks the children in and kidnaps them. Lots of 10-year-olds and... Gushy immediately goes, this must be related to the totem pole. Don't know why. <laughs> anyway, they go around looking for these skull cards that they found. And they find one house and they're just too late to save the kid inside there. He gets sucked into the mirror oh, or no. something. So they go to see Barza and he's like, oh, she's trying to bring great Satan back from hell. She's got to sacrifice 13 children, 13 10-year-olds in order to do this. Specifically 10-year-olds? Specifically 10-year-olds, yeah. Maybe there's like 130 or something? I don't know. Nope, it's, yep. Ten-year-old, I don't know. Uh, anyway, he's like, fi- find the final child and save it. So they go off, try and find basically one of these skull cards on someone's house that hasn't been kidnapped yet. Uh-huh. Should be a difficult task, but they manage to do it. Bandora, meanwhile, is blinded. She's doing the chanting. She doubles over in pain. Mm-hmm. And she comes up and she's got, like, blood dripping out of her eyes. Wow. <laughs> she's chanted so hard, she's bleeding from the eyes. She's gone actually blind. As part of the spell. And she's like, no, I'm carrying on. I will do this if it kills me. This is like a PG-13 rating for a kid's show. It is. I mean, I say she's bleeding from the eye. She's got a little bit of red makeup running down. Oh, all right. Yeah. A little less less PG-13. little less PG-13. Anyway, did you just find the girl who hasn't been kidnapped yet? Then they get attacked by Goldar and Scorpina. And Zombie Franken attacks. They summon the Guardian Beasts. May is on the ground protecting the girl, Mm -hmm. keeping her away from the golems and things. The children, meanwhile, have been sealed into the pillar, which basically means that, like, cardboard holes have been cut out of it, <laughs> and their arms and faces are sticking out of it, and they're going, ah, help us. No, um, no expenses spared for special effects. Exactly, yeah, because May manages to mess it all up, and God around Scorpina, like, get her. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's the big Zord fight. Bandora's like, I sold my soul to Satan, because uh, Satan appears... And it's Lokar, obviously. So this version of Satan is not the traditional red with the horns, but it's actually a Japanese guy with a blue face and, like, ice spike hair? Yeah, and I can't take credit for this joke, but I saw it somewhere. There, someone saying, why is Satan blue? And someone said, because hell froze over. <laughs> not my joke, but I do enjoy it. <laughs> so anyway, Bandora's like, hey, I sold my soul to you to become the most powerful witch. Now I want you to transform Zombie Franken. And so he starts like blowing on Zombie Franken like he does in the episode, but yep. it takes longer. And I was starting to wonder, hang on, why was this? Because the Daijujin tries to intervene several times. All right. And uh, Lokar, Great Satan, just kind of stops to bat him away with his eye, with laser eyes. Mm-hmm. Or at one point, Daijujin actually throws the power sword at Lokar. And it just, like, destroy. well, it seems to destroy it. It doesn't actually destroy it, but blasts it with his eyes. Ah. And I was like, why is none of this used? And then the transformation between Zombie Franken and Satan Franken. Really disgusting. His head just, like, peels open in two. Oh, this is exactly what I wanted to see. This I was actually <laughs> thinking about this in terms of the fate I'll talk about later on, but this kind of special effect is what I want to see. Yeah, his head peels open. It's horrific. And then the new head pops up. I mean, he's got a version of Satan on his chest. And that's Satan Franken. And that is where we leave the Zoo Ranger till next week. Wait, that's the cliffhanger ending? Yeah. A new version of Dora Franken, Zombie Franken. And now he's reached his ultimate digivolution, Satan Franken. (laughs) 
<laughs> which looks absolutely amazing. I mean, if if you ever get a chance, people do find pictures of it. I think it's one of my favourite monster designs to date. Well, I'm assuming most people have actually watched the episode, but yeah, if you haven't, mm. do because it's it's pretty good. Yeah, so that's that. And so Lokar is Satan. Mutitus is the next evolution of Dora Franken. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Mm. It actually makes you want to watch the next episode of Zoo Ranger. Well, I have watched the next episode of Zoo Ranger. Yeah, things go down. So, yeah, this is another example of where the Zoo Ranger show sounds so much more interesting than what we got with Power Rangers. Oh, hang on, there's one thing I don't quite understand. Where does the island come in Zoo Ranger part? Uh, it doesn't. There's there's no island. But you're, if you remember, we've actually seen the island already in Zoo Ranger. Really? Way back early in the series... When I was talking about the first episode where they go to get the power weapons, I think it was. Oh, oh, where the, oh, they yes. travel to the land of despair, and that was the island of illusion. Oh, so so Power Rangers splice two different episodes. Yeah, they brief shots of the island. I mean, when they're falling onto the island, that is the Zoo Rangers falling onto the island. One thing I was wondering about the fight, though, mm-hmm. the Megazord fight. How is the Megazord not drained? <gasps> You've spotted a plot hole. We've already learned that the Megazord can last in darkness for about two minutes. Uh, maybe... Hang on, I'm going I'm to try and write something for the writers. <laughs> maybe, because that was three or four episodes ago, they've managed to find out some way to increase the battery capacity. Yeah, basically... Uh, maybe. Yeah, basically, what they've done is they took off the back of the Megazord and they just changed the, uh, ba- the existing battery with a, a Chinese brand battery pack, which is, has triple capacity. There you go. Right, okay. So then they get teleported to the Island of Illusion. Yeah, which Goldar, which... stop telling them it's the Island of Illusion. You're telling them you're telling them there's nothing to be afraid of because there's no danger. They will not be harmed. I got really angry at that. No, he said the danger is real. No, 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 no. But, no. Yes. If Goldar told me that, I'd be like, oh, this is fine. They're not going to hurt me. Well, the thing is, luckily for the Power Rangers, they're not you, and they all completely ignore Goldar anyway, <laughs> and just believe, take everything they see at face value. Yes. <laughs> oh my God! All these twenty-seven monsters we faced before in the past—how could no, they be here? They, they, they only gave us six of them. I'm using my imagination. Like, I'm using the power of illusion to imagine all twenty-seven monsters. Yeah, but they didn't. No, they did didn't. They, they, they yeah. gave us the ones that they'd been given the costumes for. <laughs> um, it baffles me because they turn up and then just disappear. And it's like you, you had them there. Why not? Why not make this into a fighting episode? Yes, in fact, you're making an excellent point. This is a wasted opportunity. Or at the very least, why not have that as a cliffhanger? Yes, yes, exactly. Because then they would be charging in. Then they start fighting in the next episode. They get worn out and then they disappear. And it goes, wait, but we've wasted all of this energy. What's going on? Ah, it's the island of illusion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know, I guess the, ti- the clue is in the title, Island of Illusion. But at the same time... You don't have to call it that. No, no. Like, if you're the production team. It's like a gigantic clue as to try and figure out how to get out of this situation. That's really... Call it Island of Death. Or even just, like, splice together three or four different sounding phonetic sound effects. Like, scrumzax and bar. There you go. Or call it Island of Death. Either works. Island of Death, parts one and two. (laughs) Mm. Series finale. Ah, oh, now that's an exciting ending. 
But uh, <laughs> yeah, I just got really bothered by the fact that go it, it you've got to stop telling them because although they don't really take the heat and like you said, they're really really dumb and they don't tweak onto the fact that nothing's real, especially Zach. He's like going up and going lack of confidence. And he's like, ah, it's a python. And everybody else around him, he's telling him, look, there's no nothing there. There's nothing there. Don't, what are you doing? And it was just irritating. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, the snake is particularly baffling because Zach's just like, we can't fight something like that. <laughs> How can you fight a creature like this? It's like, just just leave it alone. Because it- for a start, haven't we already had a snake creature? I think it's called Snizzard. Snizzard, yeah. yes. <laughs> So we've already had a giant snake monster. A, Zach didn't seem at all fussed. No. And B, it was much bigger than that snake, which you could definitely fight. Oh, he's such a huge cat. Maybe he's just a coward for um, real-life creatures which actually exist as opposed to Maybe. Rita monsters. I mean, Zach is not into this the minute they arrive. He's just like, this is not catch. Mm. Ooh, this a- is not catch. Come on, guys. Yeah. This is not catch. It's the 90s. 90s catchphrases. <laughs> I was that a catchphrase in the 90s? No, I'd never heard of it until this episode. Things being catch. Nope. <laughs> oh. I'm surprised because Kim grabs onto Jason. Why doesn't she grab onto Tommy? You'd think that would be the logical thing. Yeah. Well, and then a few minutes later when they find Quagmire... Jason's now at the back and Kim seems to have been an elected leader. Perhaps Jason is trying to be the cool leader, stepping back to try to assess the situation. I don't think so. I think Jason is just afraid of little people. <laughs> He's prejudiced. <laughs> He's just like, I, I can handle King Sinks and Goldar. But that stuff but... is just too weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What kind of unnatural creature are you? Things that aren't me, Jason, scare me. It's like anyone who's different in some way. <laughs> yeah, because they actually call him a tone-deaf little person at one point, don't they? To be fair, Quagmire is playing some terrible music on his flute. I quite like Quagmire. He's, yeah. Well, this because he's a sassy guy, and you like people who are but sassy because you're I sassy do, yourself. I do, I do. It turns me on. <laughs> Whoa, okay. So, uh... But I don't know why he assumes that they're with Rita. He immediately just hears the name Rita, and he's like, Oh, Rita sent you off. Oh, off then well because it's I ain't a, helping you it's a it's a classic trope for um tv shows and movies where if you hear the word of your enemy you just assume that they're with your enemy and he, he's probably been alone for eons he's probably never seen another person in his life and the last time he saw somebody was had an alliance of rita so he just jumped to the conclusion well at least he'll always have his home eh yes at least he will always have his home on the island of illusion hmm Nothing's ever going to destroy that. Nope. Perfect paradise of illusion. Yeah. So that I think that pretty much covers the episode. Yeah, let's rate this episode. As I said, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. There's actual stakes in the episode, which I did not expect. I'm struggling to see too much wrong with this one, to be honest. Yeah, I agree there. I was expecting lots of problems and lots of hatred, but I'm right there with you. I actually enjoyed this a lot. And there isn't yeah. much for us to talk about, so to speak. No, there's there's not been many flaws. There are some gaping ones, like the whole Tommy thing. I know we've kind of got to accept that at this point. Yeah, but, and the Megazord yeah. working for longer periods. But there's so much that's right with this episode. The fighting is good, and the monster design is absolutely great and action-packed. And like you said, there's some peril as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to give it five. Five power coins out of six. 
I enjoyed it too, but there's there's a little bit too many things which I didn't like. I think basically the stuff that's not Zoo Ranger. I'm happy yeah. that they put in a lot of Zoo Ranger footage inside this episode to keep me entertained, but I didn't really like the the dance competition, the premise, and the ending's a bit lame, even though it's a big cliffhanger. Oh, good point. Yeah, you're talking me down actually. Yeah, it's everything from five minutes into the episode up until like the last five minutes of the episode that chunk is great the stuff before and after it's it, it not so very good so for that i'm giving it four out of six power coins yeah so not as I'm, high as you but definitely four no out of six. i'm it's actually gonna episode. agree you're good really yeah i'd forgotten how much of the dance stuff there was i'd forgotten about the whole bulk thing being a repeat mm-hmm. and yeah zach with the snake at the end is just oh so overplayed as well ridiculously so yeah actually i'm gonna I'm going to do what you've done, and I am going to give it four power coins out of six. Okay, what did you think, guys? Let us know if you want to. Tweet us at RangerPod. Email us, therangerpod at gmail.com. Look us up on Facebook. That's a thing. So we'll be back with part two next week. And spoilers, that's basically a clip show. It sure is. There's still some pretty cool stuff going on, and just a lot of rubbish rhymes by Quagmire. So... (laughs) That's something to look forward to. Kind of. I mean, if, I will say this. It will probably be a much shorter episode of Ranger Pod because it is a clip show. But on the plus side, the Zoo Rangers managed to defeat Satan. So, wow. You can't. Swings s- them roundabout. Exactly. All right. Well, until then, I've been PDT. I've been Grax. And we'll see you next week. See you next time. <laughs>